RV shows and events are beginning to come back with varying degrees of responsibility. Today, we talk with the folks over at the FMCA who plan on doing it right, plus listener questions and more. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean, dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just the right layers, perfect for changing weather, to sun-smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every L.L. Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit LLBean.com to shop now. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome to episode 186 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, the fact that Jason got eaten alive by no seams, and a whole lot more. This is another episode that will not be on YouTube. <laughs> no, it will not. Uh, I am just, I, these bug bites are just awful. There's, I feel like that. Abby did me a, a solid and went to the store yesterday and got every sort of itch something to put on me imaginable. I sat there in Walgreens and I lined them all up and I was like, okay, different ingredient, different ingredient, different ingredient. You're all coming home with me. We're going to try them all. And then for good measure, I thought, I'm going to get Jason this Cherry Coke Zero as well. <laughs> so everything works for about two hours, and then I got to put more stuff on, but it's getting better. Oh, my gosh. So I, I, I just never have had this experience since I maybe since I had poison ivy so bad as a kid that I had to take medication for it one time. Did you never have chicken pox as a kid? Oh, I did have chicken pox, but it, it wasn't as bad as this. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't think. I lived in the bathtub when I had chicken pox. It was just awful. I was probably about eight years old. I just, I lived in my parents' bathtub for like three days. Wow. Yep. Well, I, I kind of wish I was living in the bathtub. <laughs> it feels great in the shower. And then you get out of the shower and yeah. everything itches. You try to dry yourself off. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we can say we have a bathtub, but I'm not quite sure. It's a, an adult Jason size. I've got itch <laughs> bite marks all over my body type bathtub. Well, I think people have heard enough about my yes. itchy bug bites. So yeah, weren't we just <laughs> here yesterday? I feel like we just did a podcast. We did. These we podcasts did. are coming out very quickly right now yes. uh so this is kind of a bonus episode for you podcast listeners i hope you enjoy it we've got a couple of great listener questions here to start off the show with um first is from angie who sent us an email asking about composting on public lands like bureau of land management blm lands what can you do with food scraps should you bury them like coffee grounds and orange peels and apple cores and stuff like that uh or do you need to Take them out with you is there any responsible way to compost on public lands so we did some searching around and uh, checking with some of the different agencies and uh, generally the answer is no you need to pack out any sort of food scraps for instance the u.s forest service says biodegradable trash such as orange peels apple cores coffee grounds and onion skins must be packed out 
Even food particles must be strained out of dishwater and secured the same as trash. So people that are camping without uh, a kitchen sink Mm -hmm. and they're washing their dishes outdoors, you're still supposed to strain that dishwater through a strain. They sell that. You can go to REI and get one of these little strainers. You strain that and and, uh, the food scraps, then you pack them out in whatever trash bag that you have. Well, it makes sense if you think about it, though, because the whole point of not wanting to bury this food or having you strain the dishwater is so that the animals native in that area don't become accustomed to human food. Exactly. And this is this is also why it is not OK to dump gray water from your RV on any public lands. This is a hotly debated topic in a lot of the boondocking groups, Ugh. but gray water includes kitchen sink water, which has those food scraps in them and great and kitchen sink water technically in most municipalities is actually considered black water for that reason and i know a lot of people will preach that they 100 percent get all that food and whatever mm-hmm. out of their gray water before you know out of the sink before it goes down into the gray water you cannot be 100 percent and so it's just really important that when we are on wild land that we leave wild land wild. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is a Angie here is, is trying to be responsible. Yeah, she's doing the right her thing. Her question is responsible. It sounds like she's not. But they also say that biodegradable soaps aren't the greatest for public land either. So even if your gray water didn't include kitchen sink water and you're trying to be responsible and use biodegradable soaps, biodegradable soaps are man made and they actually take really specific soil conditions in order to biodegrade quickly. An orange peel can last for two years. It's really uh, it, it's really wild. The Leave No Trace organization lists leaving fruit peels and crumbs for the wildlife as one of the biggest myths that's out there about taking care of public lands. So if you do want to compost while you're out and about traveling the country, one resource that we found is a, is a website called litterless.com. And there you can find all sorts of composting services in different municipalities across the country where there are drop-off locations. So you could, you know, store your compost in a small compost bin in your RV or in your truck bed or whatever, and then bring that to a drop-off location. Next up, a question from our friend Joshua over at Ganderflight. He asked in the RV Miles Facebook group, if there's any downfall to going one load rating higher on travel trailer tires. Um, no, in fact, we recommend that you do the tires that they generally put on trailers are right at the, you know, they're at the proper load rating for a trailer, but some of them cut it very, very close. And if you go up a load range, uh, load ranges are, it's a specific measurement. That's the same across tire brands. You can go up from, for instance, a D to E or a C to D, and those tires can hold more weight. Now, if you do that, you have to make sure that the rims that are on your trailer can handle the pressure because a higher load range tire has a higher pressure rating and some rims are only rated to handle a certain amount of pressure. So stamp on the inside of your rim what your rims can handle. In addition, you're going to have to figure out a new air pressure and, uh, it's not as easy as reading the max air pressure on the sidewall of the tire, because if you go up a load range and you use the max air pressure on the sidewall of the tire, 
you're basically running cement wheels at that point. Uh, it's going to be a real rough ride on your travel trailer. So what you want to do is look up the inflation table from that tire manufacturer. They're all listed on, on their websites and you know the weight of your rig. Just use the gross vehicle weight rating, including all your cargo. And then you take the number of tires that you have divided into the whole weight of your your RV and add 10% and you, that should get you a, a real good number uh, to tow with. And it's not exact, but you know, you can add a little bit more if, if need be, but it's, it's a great thing to go up a load range in tires. We did. And uh, I'm really happy with our Goodyear endurance tires. Abby's just nodding because she's like, <laughs> I don't care about any of this. Hey, you know what is nice? The one thing about not filming the podcast, I'm totally over here. Like, scrolling through the rv miles you don't have to look right interested in me <laughs> here's a question that you will be interested in yes cheyenne asks we have been looking at 25 foot campers but the one that has everything we need is 31 foot oh i feel this should we just go for it what difference will we see with towing campsite availability etc i just i relate to this so much because while we have been looking at moving into a fifth wheel, I wish I could take everything that's going to be in this 40, 41 foot monster that we're thinking about and put it into 31, 32 feet. That would be like my dream. <laughs> but well, obviously, at the end of the day, my response to that is you have to weigh everything you want against your level of comfortability as the driver and owner of an RV that is six feet bigger than what you felt comfortable going with. Yeah, let's start. Let's start with towing. Towing is going to be affected by the fact that that rig is going to weigh more. So it depends on what yeah. your tow vehicle is and if it can handle that and all that sort of stuff. And the longer the trailer is, the more it's going to be affected by wind and sway and stuff like that. Now, 31 feet isn't terribly long. And no. as long as your tow vehicle is well within the specs of of towing this rv i think you'll absolutely be fine on that front campsite availability there, there's a lot of fear that gets thrown out there um, by people that tell you tell you the bigger you go the harder it will be to find a campsite and there's a lot of truth to that there's some truth to that for sure but when you're in this range going from 25 foot to 31 foot you're if you're under 35 foot, you're not going to be very limited. The world is your oyster. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some sites that you can't fit into, mm -hmm. but, but 35 foot and under, you're going to get a heck of a lot of sites and 31 foot even more. I would agree with that. I just really think at the end of the day, this is such a personal question and I'm really glad that they felt like they could come and ask it, but it really is such a personal question about how you feel as a traveler, as someone driving that, you know, backing it up, having you know, all of that goes into it. And I just, I have to think that you've got to recognize you're going to have a learning curve, no matter whether or not it's 25 or 31, but are you going to be able to get past that learning curve? And will you ever get to a point where you feel comfortable with that six extra feet? Obviously I, you know, I say, well, I would go for it, but I also know you're driving and most of the time and not me. So, <laughs> well, it also depends. It also depends on what you're going to do yeah. with this trailer. Are you going to live full time in it? Uh, or are you going to be traveling heavy for several months of the year? Or 
Are you traveling for one or two weeks at a time? How much do you need to bring with all that sort of stuff? And look at those features that you think you need because lots of times we get sold on features that we think we need that we don't actually need. But space is one thing that is hard to come by. Yes. And I counter that by saying sometimes you also look at all those features and think, oh, I can live with all that. I'm wrapped up in the whole dream of it. I'm going to go ahead and get this tinier little, you know, 25 foot. And then you get into it and you start thinking, wow, I really wish I had this. Wow, I really wish we had this. Boy, I really wish we had six more feet of space. You know, all of these things start coming into play. And so, again, while I love questions like this, I'm the type of person that shies away from giving a definitive answer. Yeah. I know what I would do. I know what I am going to do, you know, in the trajectory of our RV life. We've gone from a bus conversion to a travel trailer. Now we're moving into a fifth wheel. This all seems very normal to me as our family changes and grows. Mm -hmm. Those are the more important considerations. The less important consideration is campsite availability in in the range you're looking at. And, And towing as long as that fits into your capacity of your tow vehicle it's not going to be that much of a difference. Yeah, in our whole camping life is about to change because of the fact that we're getting something bigger. And I'm talking about that in regards to how we visit family. Yeah, That's all going to change for us. And we've really had to factor that in and weigh that because that's a big change for us. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, those are the things I think you have to look at. What are the the big picture changes? Not necessarily... I really like that this is a sliding glass door in the bathroom as opposed to a curtain. Yeah. You know, though I in in my world, those are two very tiny differences not worth basing my whole decision on. Yeah. Yeah. And there are things that you might want that just are nice but not necessary. Like things like outdoor kitchens are really cool, but is it something that you there's a trade-off. Yeah. Like we always say this, there's trade-offs with everything. Every time you add something, you either gain weight and length yeah. or you lose storage or, you know, some other interior feature. We all know yeah. how I feel about gaining weight <laughs> in the trailer. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And we're going to have our interview with Doug Eulenbrock from the FMCA. Doug is a friend of the show and has been on before. And he's going to talk about preparations for the upcoming FMCA event in Perry, Georgia. Paradise. We'll be right back. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV, and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector, made by Hughes Auto Formers, beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life. With one small affordable part, you can replace yourself. Plus, it has Bluetooth and a whole lot of great features. It's the last surge protector you need to buy. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoFormers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoFormers.com. Outdoor enthusiasts of all stripes will enjoy Pelican gear on their adventures. Hard-sided Pelican Elite coolers are all made in America and are available in a wide number of sizes. Get a 20-quart for short day trips, a 50-quart for week-long adventures, or a wheeled 45-quart to keep the fun rolling along. Pelican backs all their hard-sided coolers with a lifetime warranty, too. 
RV Miles listeners can get a free DayVenture tumbler when they visit EliteCooler.com slash RV Miles and spend over $100. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. Given the word standard, take away two letters and add three digits to make a logical sequence. And the answer was that you take away the A's to leave ST, ND, and RD, and then you add one, two, and three, which makes first, second, and third. Ding, 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 ding. We'll have a new brain teaser later on in the show, but now it's time for an interview with Doug Eulenbrock from the FMCA, the Family Motor Coach Association, who are sponsors of the show, and you'll hear their ad a little bit later. But the FMCA is a great organization that we're proud to be part of. It is a nonprofit RVers organization full of like lots of educational opportunities, lots of community, and they do these big conventions twice a year, and they haven't been able to do one since 2019. Since that famous one we attended in 2019 we we have we've had so many issues 2019 we were at the fmca convention that's when i had my brain infection and then 2020's first convention was tucson and that was right at the beginning of covid last march and they had to cancel it and we were supposed to be going to that and we were down there for it but it unfortunately got canceled. And I want to say, too, that I think a really great thing, the FMCA, they had a really hard time when that happened because they had to cancel. All of the pre-registrations were paid for, and they mm-hmm. didn't have the ability. They didn't have the money to refund them all. And Rock in a hard place, for that, sure. It was, a, it was a big challenge for them. They gave everybody a, a voucher for a future event. But now that the economy has recovered and their investments have recovered, they've been able to go back and refund all those people. Oh, so it, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's nice that they're they're growing in that way because I think all, all the interest in RVing over the last year as well, there's getting new members and all that. So uh, great news uh, for them. And I, I think it's a fantastic organization. But whether you're uh, able to go to Perry, Georgia or not for this event, I think you'll find it interesting when they talk about, at least until this pandemic is over, how outdoor events might be able to happen. Doug has been working hard and he's down in Perry right now, putting it all together for anybody interested in stopping on by for FMCA's next international convention in Perry, Georgia. Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm, I'm happy to be happy. He asked me to come on, come along. We're real excited. We're down in Perry, Georgia now and uh, kind of getting, getting the wheels rolling for uh, our, our uh, 2021 Another Day in Paradise convention. So you've had to cancel two big conventions due to the coronavirus, and now you're back on it. What are you excited about? What are some of the changes that you've had to make to get this happening under a pandemic? Well, obviously, you know, we were really heartbroken when we had to cancel Tucson and then subsequently uh, the Lincoln, Nebraska shows. That, that, was, that was really tough. The first time FMCA has ever had to cancel not only one convention, but then a, a, another so they made for a very tough year, you know, not only for us, but for everyone around the world, around the country, um, as we as we kind of went through this pandemic and continue around the country. I think people are seeing light at the end of the tunnel. Um, folks are taking it seriously, um, masking up, using sanitizer, social distancing. And, uh, you know, we, we started talking to folks um, last fall to see what their thoughts were about getting these conventions going again. 
And um, we got some pretty good response from our membership about, you know, they were wanting to, to start this again. So we started making the plans. Um, a complete decision to do this was not come to until January when our board got together and they went ahead and said, let's go forward with it. And we, obviously, we had been planning uh, for several months before that, but then we kind of went full steam ahead after that. Um, we talked with the health department down here. We talked to other folks in the area about what is going on here and what we needed to do. We looked at a lot of different things as far as COVID is related, and we, we put a lot of protocols in. We are a full mask um, event. Um, you must wear your mask at all times, whether you're indoors or out. We also have social distancing in all of our seminar rooms and all of our uh, entertainment areas. Our uh, exhibit halls are much, much different than what folks might expect in the past. We have larger aisles. We have one-way aisles. Um, we're going to try and do our best to limit the number of people that are in those buildings at any given time. So there are a lot of things going on that way. Uh, we have sanitation stations and washing stations um, in all the different buildings and outdoor areas. So, you know, those are those are some of the, the seeable kind of things. We're doing cleaning everywhere. Um, some of the things folks won't see, you know, they're not going to necessarily see us cleaning as much as we, we will be doing and a number of other things. Um, we've provided everyone with masks um, in their welcome bags. And there are just a number of other things that we're going to be doing um, to encourage folks to wear their masks and to make sure that this is as safe as uh, an environment as they're going to find um, anywhere, whether they're out at the restaurant, whether they're out at the grocery store, um, we're going to be a comparable type environment. So normally an FMCA convention is it's sort of part RV show uh, with, the, with the big exhibit hall. It's part uh, learning experience with all the seminars. It's part entertainment. It's part social gathering. What Have you been able to accomplish all of that? And who is going to be there? And what can we expect to see at the Perry Convention this year? We are going to be able to do just about everything we have done Um on a, uh, just a little bit limitations. Um, we can't do our chapter fair. We can't do some of our other things where we're gathering people in large groups, where they're shoulder to shoulder, you know, where, they're, where there's a lot of, of close activity. Um, we just can't do those types of things. So we put them on hold for a year or for a convention or so. We'll see what happens for when we go to Gillette. Um, but, you know, most of the things that we typically do, we're going to continue to do with some adaptations. You know, we're going to do our coffee hour in the morning. Um, we're going to have the catering company who's very accomplished in doing uh, serving it, you know, under COVID restrictions. They're going to be serving our coffee. We're going to be having our um, coffee and donut volunteers. They're going to be bagging the donuts instead of having donuts on the table that people can just kind of pick up. Um, they're going to come and pick up a bag of donuts, um, Krispy Kreme donuts, same as we ever had. And we're going to make it more um, accommodating like that. Um, same with our ice cream. We're not going to have a scooped ice cream uh, social as we have in the past. We're going to have cups of ice cream. So folks are going to come through, get an individual cup of ice cream and a spoon, wrap spoon, and then they're going to move on and uh, either take their ice cream back to watch the, uh, the frustrated maestros or walk back outside. We've been fortunate the last couple of days. It's been beautiful down here. And I think we're going to have great weather throughout the event. Um, as far as our entertainment, uh, we do have um, our daytime entertainment out in our sheep barn. Uh, maestros, we have Mike Fuller, who's a magician. And then we have a group called the Bald Shop Memories. Um, and then we're also going to have indoor in Reeves Arena. We've really knocked the attendance uh, possibility down there. 
that we usually can put about 8,000 people, maybe even more than that, in that arena. And we're cut that down to about 2,500 that can be fit into that arena, about 25% of what total um, can hold there. We're kind of, you know, we're going to make sure everybody's spaced out. We're going to make sure that, you know, we have the seating, but we're not going to be able to, it's not going to be a large show. We have about 1,200 or so RVers going to be in here for this, which is about half of what we usually have. And we kind of figured that it was going to be quite a bit smaller. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks who are still a little hesitant to come. We've had some folks who had signed up and have decided that they maybe shouldn't come either because they haven't gotten the, uh, the vaccination yet or they weren't feeling as comfortable as maybe they were when they signed up. Um, we understand that. Um, we're not making anybody come to this event. And, you know, we hope the folks who are here understand that, you know, they're coming to an event where we have the different protocols, you know, enforced. Hopefully they understand that and we don't have any kind of pushback on some of the things that we're, we're trying to accomplish here. So who in terms of, of manufacturers and folks that are going to be on the exhibitor hall, can you run off a few names of some of the folks that people might expect to see down there? We'll have Roadmaster, Blue Ox, um, you know, some of our large ones, Fantasy, Fantasy um, Tours will be there, Adventure Caravans, a number of others who are familiar to us. Um, Rev will be here, you know, on the display side, Tiffin, those kind of folks will be, be here as well. So it'll be smaller than what our normal FMCA convention is. There's no doubt about it. There's still, as I mentioned, there's people who aren't ready to come out yet. And that's both on the attendee side and on the commercial side. I suspect by the time we get to Gillette and then we go to Tucson next year, you know, that we will have our full uh, complement of exhibitors um, back in. But we're still going to have a good crowd. Um, if you go on the website, fmca.com, you can look under the events tab and see the exhibitors that are here. And we have a, a, good, a good number. We're going to have the Miller Murphy Howard building uh, filled. Um, and then we'll have the Georgia Grown building about half. So um, it will be a good show. It's just going to be a little bit smaller, a little bit more limited than what folks may have expected, uh, may have seen in the past and, you know, may expect. But, you know, they're not going to be disappointed. And I think the folks who are going to be coming to this um, are ready to go. They're ready to come out. They're ready to get back into the lifestyle of, of RVing and being with their friends, uh, perhaps a little bit differently than they have in the past. But they're ready to come out and, and talk to their friends who are commercial exhibitors. A lot of these folks um, are attendees make friendships with the commercial folks who are selling, you know, um, the different wares, you know, either display wise or um, in the exhibit halls. So it'll give them a chance um, to see each other. We haven't had a convention since the summer of 2019. So it's been a, it's been a good year and a half um, and people are ready to go again. And um, just from the, the numbers that we have come in with our band crew, um, I see a lot of, a lot of, I don't see the smiling faces. I see the smiling eyes. But, you know, a lot of a lot of enthusiasm I can sense uh, as I'm talking to folks and, and running around the, the, the grounds now and, and seeing how things are coming together. We have obviously in this country a heck of a lot of people that are interested in RVing that are not RVers yet that are trying to figure it out. And I always say that FMCA conventions are a great place to go learn and, and get some ideas and figure out this is something that you want to do if uh folks are in the area or within a, a, a drive of, of heading to Perry and they're not members of FMCA, can they still come? Well, absolutely. They can either sign up and if they're in their RV and they would just want to stop by and they want to stay with us, we can get them registered on site here. Just have them, they can just show up and, and we'll take care of them. If they want to just come for the day or for a day or two and 
go through the exhibits and the RV displays. Um, we've got our, our, our public gate. It's $10 person, uh, $25 for three or more. Um, and, you know, they can certainly come in and, and check out uh, the world of RVing and, and decide if this is something they want to do. Um, if they need to purchase things, they can come and do that. If they want to just go look at the RVs and perhaps they're you know, comparing or considering, um, I'm sure uh, the dealers and the manufacturers would love talking to them about their products. All right. Well, Doug Eulenbrock with the FMCA, I really wish uh, we were able to visit uh, this convention. We've I had, wish you were here too. We, Hopefully had, we'll see you down the road here, either in Gillette or Tucson or a future event. We will be at one of the next couple for sure. I'm very excited to actually get back to one uh, for real this time. Uh, so I wish you all the best down there and, and good luck for a good show. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. The FMCA is the world's largest RV club, and they host two international conventions a year. This spring's convention, nicknamed Another Day in Paradise, runs March 10th through 13th in Perry, Georgia. Perry will be FMCA's 102nd convention. You can camp on the grounds for the entire event or experience the fun for a single day. Everyone is welcome, and you do not need to be a member or even an RV owner to attend. Find products and services you need for the RVing lifestyle, tour the latest RVs, one of which might be your next, soak up RVing knowledge and more at more than 100 educational seminars. FMCA membership is $85 for your first year or $75 upon renewal, but with the code RVMILES21, you can save $10 instantly and join for $75 for your first year. For a full list of benefits, visit fmca.com or call 800-543-3622. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route, adjusted to your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did I mention all of that is included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you to upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. It's time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your black tank this week? So my black tank this week, actually, I, I hesitate to call it a black tank because I don't want to... I don't want to camper shame someone. I feel like maybe this is just a little bit more of a PSA. But we watched today, because we're not too far from this campground's dump station. We're far enough away that it doesn't impact us, but we've got a bit of a view. And I was just standing at the kitchen, just washing some dishes, and then I'm looking out, and there are children hanging off of the the flush. The... It's one of those dump stations that has like the, the water hoses on that tower thing that goes up in the air and then it hangs down off, off a spring thing. Yes. And they're yes. using it like a tetherball practically. They're, they're touching it. They're climbing all over it. They're swinging it around and it's all right there while what I assume to be grandpa or an older gentleman. These were little little ones too. Probably looked to be like toddlers, two, three, four-year-olds. And- all while he's dumping and and they're they're climbing all over and then over comes you know maybe grandma and she's hanging out with them assisting them as they play on this thing and i'm just standing there and i you know i part of me wanted to go out and just say you know i'm i just from me to you 
as one who is in charge of looking over little people, this might not be the best place to allow them to play. This is a very germy area and and people are known for taking those hoses and shoving them into their sewer hose to oh jason he he, when he unhooked he did just that so he knows that that people shove that hose inside their sewer hose and what (laughs) there were actually numerous people milling about in this area like i don't know if it was a caravan and you know they were all waiting for their turn or or whatnot but no one seemed phased by this and i am just thinking oh my goodness grandma and grandpa you might have like you know an exorcist moment on your hands tonight if little people touch all of that and then shove their hands in their mouth and then all of a sudden they're very 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 sick and dinner doesn't sit so well with them that's also how you get pink eye yes it looks fun you know i i can see the appeal of wanting to swing around on that but 10 feet away was the freshwater hose that is the same thing (laughs) but people aren't sticking it down their sewer hose they could have played with that one a pink eye is a nightmare to treat to have to put those drops in a little person's eye Mm-mm. uh children who wake up in the middle of the night with tummy aches and those tummy aches evolve into something else that's mm-mm. that's not good nobody likes that nobody likes that at 3 a.m so you know uh, just let's not let kids play at the dump station all right what's your fresh tank oh my fresh tank goes to crispy cream donut oh this was a sad one so i was gonna say this is kind of a sad fresh tank so i woke up really early this morning i got up about 6 30 6 45 and i thought i'm gonna sneak out and i'm gonna go over to our favorite donut shop and i'm gonna get some donuts for the family for saturday morning and i we love this donut shop in ocean springs tato nut is the name of it i think it's tato nut do you think it's tato nut well it's because they had potato in oh, their dough. I bet you're right. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to like make it too fancy. So it's Tato Nut. And we have been looking so forward to going over there. They make this amazing donut called the Katrina. So, which is bits and pieces of leftover pieces of um, dough. That right. Because they, they, they survived Katrina. And lots right. of donut places do that now, but they came up with it. They originated it. So yeah. I headed out over there. And when I got into the adorable downtown Ocean Springs area, I passed. And was very sad to see that Tato Nut was closed. Not closed forever. They had a sign on their door that said, you know, we just need a little bit more time, but we will be back. And I don't know if that's pandemic. I don't know if that's um, from the last hurricane because there's clearly some some type of damage here in the campground that we're at. So I don't know the reason, but I was very sad. So I started to head home. And on my way home, I saw that the light was on at Krispy Kreme. And so you know when the light is on at Krispy Kreme, that means that they're fresh out of the oven. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll go get some Krispy Kremes. Not only were those donuts so warm when I got them home, but girlfriend hooked me up. I didn't even know. But it was buy one, get one on the dozen. And I just said, oh, I just want a dozen of, you know, glazed donuts. And she's like, well, ma'am. We have a special today. It's buy one, get one. Would you like that? And I was like, so you mean on the dozen? I said, I can get 24 for 12? 
Yeah, we certainly needed 24 donuts. It was, it was. <laughs> Jason, everyone needs 24 donuts. Okay. So I brought them home. I'm the only one that enjoyed warm Krispy Kreme donuts this morning yeah. because my family you was went all too asleep, early. <laughs> but I didn't mind that. I have no regrets. If you ever pass a Krispy Kreme and you do see their light on, consider just swinging just through the drive-thru. Melts in your mouth. You don't need 24 of them. One will do, <laughs> but they I don't do. know about one. <laughs> I don't know about one. <laughs> but they do get my fresh tank because while it was sad to see that Tattonut was closed and I look forward to them reopening, this was a nice alternative surprise. What is in your black tank this week, Jay? There's a couple that's trying to get $24,000 back in Denton, Texas from a man who sold them an RV in December, but he didn't have the authorization to from his bank. And in fact, he had not been making payments on said RV and it was due to be repossessed. So he sold it for uh, $24,000, but the bank then still repossessed it from the oh, new couple. No. So this couple is without $24,000 and without an RV. Where's the dude that sold this? Have they found him? Well, he's, he... I don't know. He's oh probably going to go to jail. But well, <laughs> you think? Yes. And uh, the RV was repossessed from the couple. And the couple told officers when it happened that they've been in contact with the seller who's continued to make excuses about what happened and won't return their money. So what? I assume Wait. that the police are going to go visit on the seller. This was a police blotter report, but there are so many different things to be concerned about when you buy an RV from a private seller. You have to be very careful, especially if they have a loan on it. So I always recommend the best thing you can do is go with them to their bank if that's something that is available to you to purchase the RV from them. Uh, and the bank is the one that holds the title mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they might have a loan that's not from that bank, whatever. But then if that's the, if that's the scenario, you need to, you need them to give you the information about that bank. You need to be able to talk to that bank about making sure that that loan has cleared because the, the bank is the title holder, holder of the loan, not the person that owns it generally. So there are lots of other scam type things that happen uh, all the time that you just need to, you know, if something looks off and I'm not saying it did in this situation, but if there's lots of those Craigslist scams where the, the prices is, is too low and the story is always my husband died and I can't drive it anymore. And oh, is that what the story always is, Jason? No, it, it really often is that or put it on the ladies. It, no, it, it's well, they they do that. It, it's. It's generally not a lady that's making the scam. It's a, somebody pretending to be a lady. Mm -hmm. No, it is. It, no, it's, they pretend to be like a, a little old lady who can't drive her up RV anymore. And if you if you pay through eBay, we'll both be protected. eBay. Most the, look, most of the time it's just a prince in a third world country that's just trying to unload their RV because they made a bad purchase. But I, this is very important, though. Because they say they always say that if you pay through eBay, uh, we can all be protected, and they send you information about eBay's vehicle buying program, which is very safe and effective, except for the fact that it doesn't cover private sales that don't happen on eBay. That's only if you buy it on eBay. So there's a lot of that going around, and a lot of people have been taken by that Craigslist scam. 
and sometimes you'll see it's like the same photo uh in different <laughs> listings and it's it's always something cute like a little airstream of or something course. yeah well i hope that they get their money back. i really do too uh i i really do too hopefully that person hasn't spent it all already probably has all right what's in your fresh tank my I, this is actually a gray tank. Oh, we're, two we're gonna gray we're gonna tanks this we're week. gonna gray tank this one. Uh, okay. This is announcement from Jayco. Jayco has introduced a new feature on some of its RVs. Oh, <laughs> I know where this is going. That they're calling <laughs> the J port, and it's a it's Do a. Re- you need to say patent pending. <laughs> patent pending. Patent pending. Okay. Trademark patent pending. Okay. It's a two inch receiver hitch receiver that they're mounting on the side of the RV next or near to an outdoor kitchen so you slide in like a shelf that can mount a blackstone griddle or a grill or whatever it is but they're they're really all in at jaco over blackstone because they're they have an exclusive relationship with blackstone blackstone and blackstone griddles are coming with some of their rvs Mm -hmm. which you can always go buy a blackstone separately (laughs) please please don't buy an rv because it comes with a 70 dollar griddle yeah because i'm pretty sure that it wasn't it didn't increase the price by 70 dollars. right probably increased it by a little bit more than 70 so here here's my thing i mean you this is a cool thing that they're doing it's a, a mount a standard mount a two inch receiver hitch on the side of the rv that you could use for different purposes like this, like this shelf that, they, uh, that they're offering. Uh, and I think that's a great idea. And I think those kind of little, little details are some of the things that Jayco does really well and a lot of manufacturers do really well. But when they go call them things like the J-port because it's a, <laughs> a receiver hitch with a little door over it, and then they, and then they go to get a patent on it, I, that's Why? that's a little over the top all right well, you showed me this video and what was so interesting too about this video is i looked at you and i was like why are they assembling the entire blackstone on this thing like why do i need to watch that like why not just bring the you're trying to show me what it's for and yet i'm having to watch you put your blackstone together like just bring it over and set it down i'm you know i think for you you have this ultimate outdoor camp kitchen fantasy that really lives strongly in your head that you just want to find something that's going to work. And so I can see why this is so super appealing to you. This has no appeal to me whatsoever. Well, here, here's here's why. A lot of outdoor kitchens come up, come with like a sliding two burner yes. sort of deal, right? Right. Uh, which is fine. You cannot use a Blackstone in an outdoor kitchen as is. The splatter will go everywhere oh yeah they're messy you do not want to just replace those burners with your blackstone um, no, you want to get it away from it a little bit i mean here's what i this is to me this is what i see so okay i stick this thing in and now i've got a little place to sit my blackstone okay um am i gonna do that every time i want to use the blackstone otherwise now i have created this barrier between like me walking from my door to the end of my rig without having to go around this thing or my door to the front of my rig without going around this thing also, it doesn't have a shield. And we've talked about this a lot with Blackstones. They are so sensitive to yeah, the wind. They are. So you put this thing on the end of your trailer, and now you're opening it up, exposing it even more yeah. to wind. So how? what do you do then in order to use that? Because the Blackstone well, that they had takes up all the space. And you will have to, when you get to a campsite, you pull the shelf off, you put it into the 
receiver, then you put the Blackstone on it, then you put the Blackstone up and all that sort of stuff. I guess I'm just thinking, okay, as a full-timer, I'm just thinking as a full-timer, and I know that that sometimes is a different mindset than uh, weekenders yeah, or part-timers. Yeah, it is different. You, you're going to... Absolutely. I'm just thinking this is one more thing I got to do. But is it any and... different than what we do? We set up a, our outdoor camp kitchen, we put our Blackstone on it and, and all that sort of stuff. I would say it's different because that camp kitchen serves multiple uses and also our camp kitchen has that shield around it which makes our blackstone even more usable than it ever has been before but no we have we have failed at the camp kitchen our entire full-time life we have never been able to figure out a good camp kitchen. maybe it's because we don't have an outdoor kitchen maybe it built is into the rv but here who knows i maybe we'll we're about to find out who this knows? is what i would love to see in more rvs Cedar, if you check out Cedar Creeks, they have a slide out entertainment center that comes out of the pass through. So you open up the pass through and you, you can you pull out this big thing that slides out and your outdoor TV is in that and, and everything. And it's a, it's a cool little setup. Mm -hmm. I would like to see that with an outdoor kitchen so I can pull it out, yeah. cook, slide it back in, put it away. And maybe for me, and again, maybe it's not me thinking from a full-time perspective. It's just me thinking about like, this is one more, I guess, shiny gadget that serves one purpose. And how often for us, would that be a selling factor for me on that, Jayco? Oh, no way. Like, no way. Well, it's that's that's the thing that y'all have to be careful about is that all the manufacturers, they put these, these little bits that are kind of cool meant to put you over the top to buy that rv and that's not the stuff that makes it right for like, you what are those crazy speakers that everyone's like really super hot for right now that are like getting stuck into rvs all over the place like that are portable or i can't even remember what they are but like everyone's like oh these are amazing and they're going to revolutionize the way we listen to things in rvs and whatever and i'm like no they're not i mean how often i don't even know what you're talking about isn't that like the the pull the speaker that pulls out that you can like and then take it outside with you okay we've talked this out and what it's not even as cool as abby thought it was it's there no, there are a couple was... manufacturers that are are instead of putting speakers outdoor speakers in the rv they're just giving you a bluetooth portable speaker that comes oh, yeah. with comes with the rv jason would you could just go buy at walmart jason and i literally had to hit pause on this podcast and he's like i don't know what you're talking about i said what are you talking about you know the speaker it goes up i said it's like, like it's really exciting you can you you put it up in the ceiling and then you can pull it out of the ceiling and walk around with no, it and that, he's like that just no that came that's... out of your mind from nowhere maybe that's a good feature that somebody should do I, maybe Maybe it would be. Maybe I just fixed a problem we didn't know we had. But hey, it would be a space saver. Yeah. It wouldn't be something just sitting sure. around. You could just sure. like, you know, put it up in the ceiling and then snap it down and take it outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It'll okay, be called the, the J speaker. Yeah. We'll okay. Get, we'll get you, get you all the engineers over at Jayco on that. Uh, TM patent pending. Okay. <laughs> it's time to wrap this podcast up. <laughs> all right. This week's brain teaser goes like this Translate this sentence i'm about to read which is going to be really annoying did you Tra just say fentence sentence i i think i you think i think i think i said <laughs> sentence oh my goodness you are so hyped up on hannah histamine 
Translate this sentence into a common phrase that you've heard before. When a thing is imperative to the survival or needs of a certain person, that act becomes a female parent to the certain innovation which results. We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And thank you so much for joining us today. If you are enjoying RV Miles, we would very much appreciate if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Thank you to everyone who has already gone ahead and done that. We appreciate you so much. RV Miles is all across social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and of course, you can always find Jason and I in the RV Miles Facebook group. We hope you will come and join if you haven't already. Until next week, thank you again for joining us today. Be well, stay safe, please keep wearing your mask, and keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.